This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create positive change in the world every day by being a conscious consumer. I'm your host, Laura Alexander Wittig, founder of Brightly.eco, and I started this podcast a few years ago because I wanted a place to talk about the gray areas around sustainability and how being a conscious consumer can be challenging and confusing, but it's totally doable. So join me in the name of reducing waste and living positively in the name of the planet. together listeners you are always asking us recycling questions and we have covered this topic in a lot of different ways but typically I feel like we haven't done as many dedicated episodes because I mean first of all recycling is extremely complex which is what today's guest and I are going to talk about in many ways but um, I feel like just because the issue is so complex we could probably do 50 episodes on it um, and in this case I am just excited to talk about it in general with the uh, co-founder and CEO of Retold Recycling, Amelia Trumbull. Um, and we're going to talk all about how you can sustainably get rid of unwanted clothing. Uh, we're going to really talk a lot about textile recycling, which I think is something that many people don't know the ins and outs of. Um, and we'll just, we'll go, we'll go all over the place as it relates to recycling. But welcome, Amelia. I wonder if you can uh, do a brief intro of yourself and your company. Yeah. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, my name's Amelia Trumbull and I'm one of the founders and the CEO of Retold Recycling. We're um, a clothing and textile recycling service. As you mentioned, we not only have our bag program that customers can uh, order bags with us online and recycle in the comfort and convenience of their own home. But we also now work with a lot of brands and corporate partners to do bulk recycling, um, white label bag programs, and a lot of event-based activity as well to really spread the word and, uh, you know, just try and get more and more people recycling their clothing and textiles with us. Absolutely. And listeners, one of the reasons why this is important is because well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about all the different reasons, but the, the thing that comes top of mind for me is that, first of all, we all, like, no matter who you are, uh, we all have a lot of clothing. Um, it's just something that has been very baked into our general collective consciousness for at least the past 50 years, if not longer than that. So it's something where we're all kind of swimming in clothing that we probably don't even use anymore. Um, meanwhile, we're being actively marketed to from uh, lower cost retailers to keep up with trends and buy more clothing all the time, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not even just lower cost retailers, it's retailers of all size. Um, so it, the first thing I want to say is like, we're all in this together. Uh, we all have the same, um, we're all coming from the same place when it, when it comes to thinking about textile recycling. And if you remember this podcast, we've talked a lot about how when you go to get rid of something, whether we're talking about recycling or uh, taking something to a thrift store, et cetera. Like it's not going to go a hundred percent where you think it's going to go. Many people oftentimes get rid of clothing or other items and send them to thrift stores, Goodwill, et cetera, assuming that that piece of clothing is going to get reworn. And unfortunately, oftentimes that's not the case. So with companies like Amelia's, like 
they are actively looking to provide another like a waste stream is what people typically call it, but you know, place for clothing to go when it's no longer needed. And that's what I think is really important to distinguish between, between the two. But um, Amelia, I'm curious to know a little bit about, um, you know, really how your process works. Like what happens when somebody has a bag, they get it either from you or a brand, et cetera, they put clothing in, they send it off to you. What happens next? Well, first, before I answer that, I would just love to say thank you so much for sort of highlighting the fact that quite often when someone's trying to do the right thing and declutter items out of their home, it isn't going to where they think that's going. Um, and, and one of the big waste streams, as you mentioned, and sort of one of the really point, like large points of confusion is around donating. And unfortunately, you know, obviously not our core business, but the statistics we see is around like 85% of items that are donated actually end up in landfills. And not that we don't want people to donate. We, you know, that's absolutely needed. And a lot of charity stores rely on that revenue, but we'd really love to just encourage people to try and just donate really good stuff that they know that can be resold. Um, unfortunately, we we hear about a lot of dumping of items when things are being donated, it's like, I'll oh, just throw that stuff in the bag as well, you know, that kind of um, activity. And it's just really not. So yeah, exactly. As you said, with Retold, we're here to provide another solution, a much more sustainable and we hope transparent solution around what's happening. So basically the, the, the whole premise of Retold was born. Um, I was actually renovating my closets in my small Brooklyn apartment and I was trying to declutter a lot of my clothing um, and I was trying to find a sustainable way of doing that. And I I was actually donating. I was trying to take things to my local Goodwill, but that also involved me carrying really large Ikea bags of stuff that I didn't need anymore, um, many, many city blocks, but also Ubering um, to Goodwill to try and drop things off or take the local farmer's market. And in my brain, I'm like, this just doesn't compute because I know I'm like, you know, the carbon offset here isn't working for me. You know, like none of this makes sense. There has to be an easier, more convenient way. And also something where I can have more trust in the process that things will be, um, you know, broken down sustainably. And that's really how Retold was born. So with my co-founders, we started to dive into, um, you know, the recycling industry the three of us all come from a consumer marketing background. We'd all worked together at Mac Cosmetics. So, you know, we'd, we'd kind of grown up in beauty and, and other consumer brands. We had no background in recycling. But um, the more we, we delved into this space, the more we all found a need for it in our own lives and, like, and just thought, hey, if we could have an at-home service where you could order something to your home, it's super easy and turnkey, you can throw everything in those bags and know that it'll go to a sustainable outcome, that would just be an absolute win. So that about, you know, setting up our company, we, you know, worked on our branding, worked on sort of the workflow, the model, the cost, you know, structure, all of that kind of thing. But really the main challenge we had when we were diving into this industry, as you said earlier, it's like, it's very um, murky and closed off in a lot of ways, because there are so many companies that have been in the industry for a really long time. They don't need to change what they're doing because they're getting a large volume of stuff great, 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 off they go. They don't need to work with a new startup who's trying to shake things up. But after about a year and a half of Googling, 
asking anyone with a pulse if they knew of a recycling partner, speaking to, you know, companies in the industry. We finally found a recycling partner who was willing to work with us in the way our model worked um, and really could see the vision for what we were doing was trying to bring a very convenient, um, uh, you know, way of decluttering into your home. And, and the really important thing that we found is that we needed to work with a sorting facility because we were trying to go direct to recycling companies and a lot of them really only work with certain types of materials. So some of them work with denim, some of them work with like pure cottons, like I'm sure you know this and you've co- probably covered this in other episodes, but what we wanted was someone who would take everything. So we wanted you to be able to put in your yellow retail bag all kinds of clothing, whether it be stained, brand new with tags. Um, we wanted you to be able to put in your household textiles, like old towels, old sheets, they're outside of your dog bed, you know, your kids' stuffies that like might have holes and, and sort of no longer right. So we wanted to be able to put the good and the bad all in one bag and then send it off in the post and have someone sort it. And thankfully, that's what we found. So we have a recycling partner who takes our yellow bags, they open them up, they sort the items that are in there. And a large portion, actually, around 45 to 50% of the items inside will go off to thrift stores to be resold. And as you've definitely spoken about on other episodes, you know, thrifting and Um, That sort of like, you know, secondhand economy now is just absolutely booming post-COVID. So that's a really exciting stream for people's items to have a second life. And then all of the rest of the items are then on sold to other partners who generally downcycle them. So they're broken down into rags, um, into uh, what an industry term is called shoddy, which is basically a pulp. Um, And that pulp is then spun into other items. So it can be the inside of car seats. It can be the inside of punching bags. It can be like part of the squishy floors at playgrounds, um, industrial insulation. There's actually more and more uses for that shoddy now, um, which is great because now there's more and more uh, people recycling and more and more shoddy being made. And so it's great that more and more companies are finding uses for that shoddy. So that's our core process. Um, We also work with some other companies as well on the bulk side and do some special project type work with some other recycling partners. And the exciting thing is that a lot of those companies who turned us down when we first came knocking, when we were a brand new startup, you know, before we, you know, we were pre-launch, now we're actually starting to work with some of those partners directly because we have the infrastructure in place and, you know, I guess they can see what they're doing and they trust us and, and they can <laughs> see the exciting future for Retold. So we're really Yeah, happy. that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and yeah I mean, you. of course, that happens to, to new businesses all the time. But I think, yep. <laughs> um, you know, a few things that stood out to me, you know, as I, you know, I have thought about this and seen other companies doing similar things, but I, I, I can say that I haven't heard of one that is very non-restrictive in what they take. Um, and I think your the origin story you were talking about makes a lot of sense where most people, when they think to recycle clothing or send it in, are in a situation where they just need it done quickly and they're not going to really take the time to separate things out, what's good and what's bad. Of course, like 
we have all, and I mean, I did this a long time ago before I really knew how damaging it was, but we've all thrown stuff into a back goodwill. That's not going to be re reward. Like we know that this has got tattered yeah. or whatever. So I yep. think you know, having a situation or a solution where somebody can put all of that together is really interesting. Um, and it sounds like, you know, there is an appetite. There are also, you know, a lot of other places working on like solutions to circular economy, like specifically with brands. So it sounds to me like mm -hmm. you guys kind of covered that whole process whereby, uh, you know, everybody throws stuff into a bag, you sort through it, see what can be, you know, used in different channels and, and move along. And so, um, Tell me a little bit more about, so you, you mentioned like a, a process that I don't think we've talked about on the podcast before, which is the truly like down, uh, I think you call it down cycling or just like almost mm -hmm. like return the raw material for a lot of textiles. And you called it, is it called shoddy? Is that what you called it? Yep. That's exactly right. The reason why I think it's interesting to talk about this uh, sort of like raw material is that I, a few things. Number one, I think when we talk about recycling textiles, most people just say like, oh, just cut it up into rags. And oftentimes like that can't necessarily happen. Um, another thing is as a consumer, when you go out and you see uh, a sweatshirt or something and it said it's made of quote unquote recycled cotton, like, is that where it's coming from? Like just someone who literally grabbed a bunch of like cotton only and then transformed it into this or tell me a little bit more about that raw material. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting, um, one, it's a very interesting time because I think there's a lot of amazing innovation here. And I think, you know, it's, it's, everything's very much evolving in the space, which is very, very exciting. You definitely see there is an emergence of a lot of circular type companies where they might be re-spinning fabrics that are coming from like broken down like ocean plastics or utilizing things like you know fishing nets um you know plastic bottles etc spinning those into new fabrics is you know has been around for a little while now and, and there's more and more of that coming there's more um chemical recycling that's taking place so breaking down the items that previously were a fabric or were other some kind of composition, breaking that down, utilizing some chemicals, and then being able to spin um, back into fabrics. Um, and then, you know, there's the pure use of shoddy, for example. So, um, you know, we see that shoddy is not so much respun into like a fabric or anything like that. Generally, like if you, if you think of, um, if you, you know, recently moved house, the gray, like furry moving blankets that a lot of like yes. removalists use, that is yep. kind of what shoddy looks like. So, it's not pretty. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's a bit hard to spin that up into another fabric. But the good thing is like it's dense and it can be used for a lot of things. So it can be used inside furniture, inside punching bags. Like I mentioned, you know, it, it has a great use. So the exciting thing about this time is that not only is the innovation around creating the new fabrics, as you mentioned, but also just replacing the use of raw materials with this kind of recycled material, um, which I think is very, very exciting. And there's just honestly no bounds to what can be done with that. Like we're talking to a lot of our brand partners about, okay, well, let's create a product together. How do we create like a very circular situation 
where you might recycle your old, you know, your your brand returns with retold. We'll get it broken down into shoddy and then we'll send it back to you and maybe it can be the inside of another product that they might sell in store. Um, you know, we're also working with other brands where, you know, they just want to buy shoddy off us because they want to use it on the inside of other materials and really sort of lean into that sustainability messaging. Um, so I think it is a very exciting time in which there's just more and more use and more and more innovation around like less raw materials, less, you know, brand new virgin clothing, but how do we use old items to create fabrics and things like that? So it's just a very exciting time. And, you know, that's why we're very much on our mission. Like, you know, we at Retold, all we talk about, all we live and breathe is our mission, which is no landfill. And we just really want to start having people change their behavior. As you said, of course, we've all, you know, slipped in that item that's a bit of a gray area about whether it can probably be donated into that Goodwill bag. Unfortunately, most of us have also thrown like old undies or a single sock in the trash as well. Um, You know, so what we're really hoping for is while there's this like downstream innovation and effect of like how we reuse those fabrics, at Retold, we're also very obsessed with things at a customer level about changing behavior. And we're very, you know, passionate about education. And that's really where a lot of our transparency comes in. Like we're trying to get more and more content from within these recycling facilities or within our sorting facility, just to show people like, Hey, we're doing something with this. Please don't throw your old undies in the trash send them to us, please give them a wash first, you know, but um, send them to us in the yellow retail bag and we can actually do some good stuff with it. So we're just trying to find those tipping points for customers where they have that aha moment where they'll be like, oh my gosh, I did not realize I wasn't doing the right thing. And um, they'll be like, okay, let me find a better solution. And hopefully that's where retold comes into their lives and they start recycling with us. And the great thing that we find is because we're trying to find, you know, provide a very convenient and easy to access solution. So many of our customers become advocates for referring their friends and family as well. Um, And it just spreads the word because, you know, if you're starting to do the good thing and you're feeling really good about it and you see someone else in your family or one of your friends, like throwing, throwing items away, of course, you're going to be like, hey, did you know that there's a better way of doing that and decluttering your home? You should try retold. So um, yeah, we're really excited about all of that on all fronts. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the the, the point you were you're chatting about earlier around the shift to reclaiming raw material rather than creating brand new raw material is really exciting. You do see it happening all across the, across various industries like food, et cetera. And I Mm -hmm. think, um, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about how sometimes sustainability is more expensive. Sometimes sustainability, um, you know, could be out of reach for people. And, um, to be clear, your, your uh, product that you're talking about is a paid product. So I want to talk about that in a second, but the point that I'm, um, making here is that for a business perspective, it makes total sense to reuse what you've already paid for or to 
use material that doesn't have to start from scratch in most cases. So that's something that's really cool. So, so yeah, so listeners, um, retold, like, uh, specifically if you're looking to get their, um, their bags, uh, there is a cost to it. I'm curious to know a little bit about like, um, what are your thoughts on that? When people, do people like give you pushback on that? Um, is there a movement to perhaps shift that cost back to the brands themselves? Like, tell me a little bit about the financial aspect behind it. Yeah, so we've always been, you know, a, a paid company, um, even though we're very mission driven. And um, we've talked a lot about whether we should try and be a nonprofit or have a nonprofit arm. But right now, what we find is because we are a for profit company, we sort of have the space to agitate more in the industry um, and, you know, use our funds to innovate and do more. So, our bags, we've tried to price them at the most sort of affordable price point we can. Um, so a single bag for you to start your recycling practice is $14.50. And that will hold around five pounds of clothing and textiles from your home. And that includes the shipping. So you don't need to pay for shipping on top of that. Um, and then we have other bag products that you can obviously buy into, you know, a three pack, or if you're moving house, a 10 pack or doing a huge declutter. And then for customers who are very passionate about their recycling practice and, and, you know, may have tried a solo bag, we also have subscriptions where we'll send you bags every quarter. And what we find is like, yes, absolutely. There's going to be some customers who that's beyond their reach. Um, but even for some customers, like they might only recycle with us a couple of times a year when they're doing a huge declutter. And I think the cost benefit of being able to do that in a sustainable way with a company that they trust is sort of worth the investment. And to be honest, like we don't actually get a huge amount of price resistance, um, because we really see that that convenience factor kind of pays for itself in a way. Um, so the exciting thing is like, we, you know, we try and make the bags available, like obviously on our website, but we're trying to expand the distribution. Um, in 2024, you'll definitely be able to buy retail bags in, you know, retail outlets as well and, and find them more easily too. Um, you'll be able to like go to a store, hopefully on a Saturday morning and grab a three pack if you need, if you want to start decluttering that day. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, to be honest, like we don't, like I said, we don't have a lot of price resistance um, and, you know, we, we definitely see that with our large repeat customer base, people are finding the value in the bags. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the reason why I get into it is, you know, from our reach, um, you know, for our, you know, we brightly uh, at, at some points reaches over 3 million people a day, which is crazy. And one of the things that we hear from a big portion of the community is a general sensitivity to price. And then not only do we hear that, we then we then hear um, that there is a movement and honestly, rightfully so to push some of the cost of this back onto the brands, the brands themselves that are generating the waste to begin with. Um, I am like of the, like on this podcast, we talk a lot about uh, balance and like being conscious consumers and not being like overly, um, I don't want to say like stubborn, but not being like overly set on one particular path forward. From my perspective, I think there's a balance here. And I think that, yes, like as a person who has chosen to bring these items into my house, of course, I should share some of that responsibility, be it financial, to 
responsibly dispose of it. But I also push back a little bit on the concept of the fact that our government needs to assist with this and then the brands themselves. And I think you see it over in Europe um, where there are laws now being introduced that will require uh, brands to have some type of program where they have to either like repair items if they're broken or they have to really then think about the downstream impact of these products. And I think, um, you know, obviously here in the U.S., we have we are not very, uh, you know, fond of rules and legislation <laughs> compared, compared, to, compared to the EU. But I do think it's something worth noting and thinking about. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And the exciting thing is that most of the brands that we're working with are fi- trying to find a way to innovate in this space. And I will tell you that the most sustainably minded and the ones that really have very lofty goals are really getting after it. And they're the ones that we're working with behind the scenes, Um, you know, and hopefully we can talk about that more and more. Um, You know, I think a lot of brands have lent on, oh, well, let's have a resale marketplace. And, you know, that will, you know, give people a way to, you know, resell their items and, you know, keep them out of landfill that way. That's great. But what if you can't resell that item? And more often than not, you can't. And more often than not, that there are items in your home that, you know, you need to declutter other than clothing. So I think the exciting thing that I find talking to a lot of these brands is they're not just worried about their own pieces. They are with us on this sort of like education journey to try and help everyone change their overall behavior and be more sustainable in general. So they're changing their processes back of house. Like we talked about not using, you know, virgin materials. How can they innovate on that front? How can they bring, um, you know, recycling programs like retold to their consumers? How can they work with us with their returns and, you know, make sure things aren't, you know, accidentally being, you know, diverted off to landfills, just being shredded or being burnt, Um, you know, that kind of thing. So, I'm very encouraged about the amount of brands that are coming to us to try and find solutions. And, you know, it's like you said, like, you know, yes, let's get them to help us because they're big, they have funds, they can do some like grand scale changes while us at home can also make some micro changes in our house too, which is like you said, you know, being more mindful around what you're buying, buying better quality things that can last and, you know, less fast fashion, et cetera, but then having a recycling practice to get that out of your home when you can't resell yeah. something, et cetera. Yeah. It's like, you you know, you need a variety of solutions. Like I yes. for sure sell items online too, but I'm also using my retail bag for things that won't sell or, you know, my daughter, my four-year-old daughter's clothing where she's like got stains and paint all over stuff, you know, like you need a variety of solutions. So that's exciting both on a personal level, but also with the brands that we're working with too. Yeah. And there, yeah, a hundred percent. I think having a variety of solutions is key. So I'm really glad you brought that up. And the other thing I'll say too, is like when you want to make changes in your life, whether it's like, so um, I'm not sure when this episode will go live, but regardless, it'll go live sometime close to the new year, meaning we'll all have resolutions. Like it's so hard to keep with goals. And I found um, one of these, uh, one year, excuse me, I'll re-record that. In a year past, we discovered that, uh, you know, there have been studies that have, have shown that people who actually are able to keep 
New Year's resolutions, there's usually a financial aspect of it. So I kind of bring that mm-hmm. back to let to to let us know that like, yes, there's a variety of options available to us. And maybe by, you know, grabbing a bag and paying, uh, did you say that it's fourteen fifty for the for the yeah. uh, the the bag? Yeah, just so maybe the one fourteen fifty. Um, you know, that's gonna get you to understand like it's going to just like maybe make more of an impact on you um from a from a goal perspective so that's something that I I think is super interesting no I'm with you and honestly starting a recycling practice like can be very small like we encourage people grab one bag even if you sort of sit it in a waste paper basket like in your laundry room or next to your washing machine even in your closet and just occasionally throw that solo sock the old pair of undies, you know, anything that can't be resold. And just if you start like that habitual thing, rather than waiting for a very large intimidating declutter where you're like, oh, Lord, that closet is like out of control, you know, just start small, start with a few items like each week as they like come up. And then, you know, you'll very quickly fill a bag, but then you will have like started that practice and that behavior, which exactly, as you said, a lot of people are all about it for the new year. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely see a lot of people kicking things off in the right way and hopefully they'll be doing that in 2024 too. Absolutely. Um, so Amelia, it's been awesome chatting with you. I'm curious to know a little bit, like as we wrap up, um, I typically ask all of our guests the same question because the answers always fascinate me. And so that the question is like, from where you're sitting, either as a CEO or just a, a regular person, like I like to say, um, what is exciting you the most about what you're witnessing going on in the eco-friendly and sustainability movement? Yeah, no, great question. Thank you. And I've had a great chat. So thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, of course. Honestly, it's it's a little bit of what I've already mentioned. I'm very, very excited about the groundswell and the movement that I can feel happening amongst the consumers out there and also amongst the brands and corporates that we're working with um, that, you know, I feel there is a shift. I feel there is a behavioral change about people becoming more conscious around decluttering their homes in a sustainable way. Um, We were on an episode of Shark Tank earlier this year And honestly, the response we had to that and the amount of companies um, that came out supporting us, you know, and and approaching us and saying, you know, I'd never really thought about doing something in this space, but I realized like at home, I have this practice or in our company, we have this practice and seeing your episode has opened my eyes to maybe we could do things in a new way. Just 2023, I feel like was a fundamental shift for us in our business just with that consciousness. Um, It was the exposure, obviously, of us being on TV, but just our day-to-day customers. So that's what I'm really excited about and motivated for. And, you know, I just love the fact that we, you know, we're going to have more and more people recycling with us in 2024. So uh, let's get after it and try and decrease those landfills out there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listeners, you can find links to Retold Recycling and all the other things we talked about in our show notes. Um, Again, had such a great conversation with you as well, Amelia. Thanks so much um, and appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much, Laura. We'd love to give your listeners a code as well. So I'll shoot that over and you can put that in the show notes too. That sounds great. All right. Thanks so much.
for joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You'll find us on almost everything at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together, so have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.